All right, Inappropriate Earl, back. And uh, I've had a lot of guests on this podcast, I think about 170, uh, a couple repeaters, so it's probably about 160. And I've had uh, some homosexual men on this podcast, but today I might have the gayest man I've ever met in my life. And I live in West Hollywood. <laughs> I live on Larrabee. Uh, I want, you know, Larrabee and Cynthia. I don't know why I'm giving you my exact intersection. <laughs> but uh, I first became aware of this man at Roast Battle. And it's very, uh, it's not often, I should say, I see someone at Roast Battle and go, I just want to watch this guy. I felt that way about one other person. And that was the lovely and talented Olivia Grace where she did a battle against Matt Cole. And I was like, who is this girl? The first time I saw this guy roast battle, I'm like, who is this guy? Because he's got the flamboyancy of Liberace, <laughs> um, the swagger of Merv Griffin. And uh, he's super funny, too. So enough of the bullshit. Welcome to the Inappropriate Earl Podcast Studios. The wonderful, the stylish... The lovely and talented Samir Suri. Hello, darlings. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, thank you, guys. I'm trying to get into the gay market, and I figure this... Oh, guest. you don't need help, darling. Well, I meant the gay podcast market. <laughs> now, I first met you at a Roast Battle, where you, you didn't just walk to the stage. You sashayed. I did. Very RuPaul-esque. That's how I walk in everywhere. But like what, uh, what it's, this is why I do the podcast because you're a friend, but I know nothing about you. <laughs> I don't know where you're from. I don't know what got you into stand up, roast battle. What, where are you from? I'm from LA. I was born and raised out here. Like, uh, I mean, LA. Like big, the suburbs. Like so Beverly not Hills. LA, not really. No, out in, out in the valley. What part of the valley? In I was lived in Woodland Hills and then West Hills and then at the end of high school my family moved to Chatsworth. The A one A. Where'd you go to high school? I d Chaminade, which oh whom they must be horrified. Now uh, a Catholic football high school. You must have loved that. <laughs> Did you? Even though not you, one priest was interested. I was an altar boy for six years, never molested. How? What did we do wrong? Well, it's weird back then, and I'm a lot older than you. Uh, I look back now and go, whatever happened? There was like two or three priests that just disappeared. Like oh. Now I put two and two together and go, oh, I guess uh, there was a problem. Oh. Like they weren't fired. They were just, they were gone and never brought up again. It's like a doubt thing where he got, where Philip Seymour Hoffman got promoted. Yeah, well, I do remember uh, one time, see, I was an altar boy, and you got to go to Magic Mountain at the end of the year if you did, like, the tougher masses, like uh, 6 a.m. masses, the funerals, the weddings. And uh, I remember once in line, uh, the father, a priest, uh, that was his last name, priest, uh, gave me a back rub once. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And at the time, I thought nothing of it, but looking back, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Nobody even gave me that. But I what mean, a dog I must have been. Now, have you been out I your whole fat. life? Uh, no, I came out. Well, it was sort of. It was an open secret for a long time. That's suck in. Uh, do I look thin? Is this good? You look beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Smile for the camera. 
Oh, so gay. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this is this is what I'm getting to. It was an open secret always. Um, nobody didn't among my friends or people at school didn't know. It just wasn't brought up and I didn't discuss it. Um, until I was 17 and that's when that happened. And then I came out to my parents at 19. And what was that now? Are there, uh, were they, what's your, like, are you hardcore Catholic or? No, they come, they, they come from Hindus and they've gotten more pious as they've gotten older. And is that uh, the, it's not great. It's, (laughs) you know, it's, it's still illegal in India. And they say, you know, the excuse that you always hear from Indians out here is, oh, the British made it illegal. But the British have been gone for 70 years. You had time to fix this if you wanted to. And like I know in some parts of the world uh, being gay, like in America, it's like no big deal now. Right. It's like, oh, you're gay. Great. It's like saying you're Irish. Right. Uh, But in some parts of the world, you can get stoned. Both drunks. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Especially in Larrabee. (laughs) I have to visit visit this block more. Well, when I um, I used to live, I don't know why I'm giving my exact intersections, but I used to live on the corner of San Vicente and Third. Oh. Which is right by the Beverly Center for you uh, non-LA people. And in that building was Jose Iber. Wow. The legend. (laughs) And uh, we had a rough relationship the first couple years. Why? Uh, he wouldn't talk to me. He just looked at me like, oh, this guy's such a breeder. <laughs> and one day in the elevator, he just finally looked at me and goes, Earl, your hair looks like shit. <laughs> and I was honored. Like It was like being roasted by Jeff Ross. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. And then one day in his, uh, his partner's uh, house, uh, he took off his cowboy hat. And, you know, he doesn't have hair. Right. And his lover was like, he loves you. <laughs> he does not do that for anyone but me and Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> That's how long ago this was. Oh, it's Liz very long could leave ago. the house. No, and but he said to me, uh, he was. Jaja had both legs. Oh, Jaja, she could have been the drummer from Def Leppard. <laughs> he said to me when I was moving out, he's like, Earl, do you know what they do to young boys on Larrabee? <laughs> And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? He's like, you'll see. <laughs> Did you move here just to find out? No, I got a good deal on this condo, to be honest with you. It was half off. It's uh, gorgeous. It was two gay drug dealers. And I guess they, uh, uh, you know, went bankrupt. Someone got sicked on them. Yes. And then I still got calls the first six months I lived here for drugs. It was the oh, same, wow. The same phone number. And apparently they would set up a shoot that went out, out the balcony <laughs> And it was like the wire. It was like that's a, great. It's like a corner on the wire. So, and you should come back to Larrabee. I have a feeling. Uh, I should. Well, what, driving over here, I kept. Well, I've had sex on this block. I've this block. I blew somebody here. That's why I have no pride. That's why roast battle is so fun. Well, yeah, because you roast, can get you. You you can't humiliate me. Because you've been, probably been shit on. Literally, not that <laughs> hasn't gone that far, uh, but I'm not I I'm not ruling anything out in the next twelve hours. Um, but I I no uh, men have come in my mouth, thrown me out of the apartment without getting me off. You can't humiliate me. I tried to cruise the airport men's room at Abu Dhabi International Airport. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with lingo in the gay world, I am. You live on Larrabee for 15 years. You get the lingo. Uh, cruising is basically what you know straight guys do for chicks. You're looking to blow it out. Yeah. And it's a great Al Pacino movie. 
<laughs> Especially the 40 minutes uh, cut out. They cut out. They add in on the DVD. It's there's a nightstick scene that's to die. Uh, okay. Oh, I have to check that out now. Uh, you've never seen the Al Pacino movie cruising? Not cruising. No. I'm. I haven't you. even seen Scarface. Start with Cruisin because it was directed by William Friedkin, who oh yeah, is, Exorcist. Yes, I mean, and this movie was originally rated X. It almost didn't get released because it was so graphic. They cut out the forty minutes, and it's Al Pacino goes undercover to catch a gay serial killer. <laughs> nice. And he poses as being gay, and he goes to all the leather bars, and you know, it's almost like American Psycho where he starts to turn and enjoy the lifestyle. Yeah. And so it's uh, gay or straight. You please watch cruising. It's, it's dark. Don't, it's not a date. night. <laughs> there's some, uh, there's some scenes in there that made the regular cut that are a little rough. I w I would do that on dates. Well, but what, what, what I would what, show like the accused and see if you can, if you can stand by me through this, you're a winner. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or the rape scene in American Me, where they stuff the guy's mouth with rocks. Oh God! And they just pound him. Uh, or the uh, Jennifer Melfi on The Sopranos. Absolutely. I still watched. I've seen that episode maybe six times, and always through my fingers. Now, have you ever been to the Studs Porno Theater? No, I hear that's a great cruising place. And if it weren't for Grinder, I probably would have gone. I went uh, a a couple months ago. And it was the most mind-blowing thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I went with this girl, just a friend, because I didn't want to be in there alone. Right. And uh, I had a good set at the comedy store, and she was there. <laughs> I'm like, you know, what are you doing? I've always wanted to go to this porno theater. Do you want to go with me? <laughs> Did you know what kind of porn it was? Well, I knew it was yeah. primarily gay porn, but they do have a straight room upstairs. Oh, completely I didn't realize. Empty. Uh, and once again, for those of you not in LA, uh, the Studs Porno Theater is a uh, it's a porn theater on Santa Monica Boulevard. It's probably ninety percent gay. Uh, they have uh, one room that shows tranny porn, uh, one room that shows regular gay porn, and then a big theater for the new releases. <laughs> and we go in there instantly. And the fags reenact the porn in the audience. They do. It's a sex club. I mean, yeah. So we, it's pitch it's black. It's like Paris. Yeah. It's so great. Those dark rooms in the nightclubs in Paris. Oh, I but I had the, to be careful. I thought you meant the Paris house on Melrose. Oh, no. <laughs> I meant Paris, Paris. It's another. Where uh, nobody uses condoms and they won't answer whether they have AIDS. So I didn't fuck like anybody in Paris. AIDS roulette. Basically, yeah. But I think you would have a good time at the Studs Theater because you walk in, it's 20 bucks. The whole place reeks of chlorine and bleach. I mean, it's nauseating. <laughs> and I, you know, you know, going in there, you're not walking into Bloomingdale's at the Beverly Center. Right. And people are fucking in there. Uh, <laughs> I, one guy was completely naked, just jacking off. I mean, it's like the security's watching. I mean, guys are just standing in corners, grabbing their crotches. And people... I guess there aren't that many straight people who go in there. Right. So everyone was coming up to me and this girl going, hey, are you guys swingers? <laughs> I'm like, no, this is my wife. We just, if we can't be left alone. <laughs> we're, we're, we're spectators. But we're like, like, grinder is, uh, what are your, let's get into some of your grinder stories. Okay. What's the weirdest date you've had on Grinder? Oh, uh, the guy who's had his girlfriend sit there and watch. 
which is not the it's not the most like graphic sexual thing I've done. But it was very, it, it, it personally made me the most uncomfortable because I also didn't know it was going to happen. I just get to this guy's house and he's good looking or his apartment. And this girl walks in and I think it's a roommate. This is my girlfriend. She's going to watch. And I mean, I was already there. I was like, well, what the fuck? Um, so I did it and he was good looking enough, but it was, it was very uncomfortable and I don't recommend it. So he, he's obviously bi. I, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but uh, I th- yeah, I think I think that's that narrows it down to that. But did he portray? Or she's a beard. Some people have this, like Calvin Klein. He's married, has right. kids, right? But you would say he's gay, probably. Yeah, I would not yeah. think of Calvin Klein as bi. Yeah, but with, now we get like into- I, I like I know a a, a couple where we and friends of mine who also know this couple are like, oh well, of course, and they've been married for a while and we go oh he's he's fucking gay and she's probably you know one of those women that wishes she were a gay man uh you always hear this from women who would never do anal by the way like i wish i were a gay man bitch shut up um but you uh (laughs) but we know i can see this happening you know they stay together just because at this age who else are they gonna find and she he probably fucks men in front of her well, it's funny you mention anal. I, I've only had anal once. I will not divulge with who, <laughs> but it was right where you're sitting. Oh. But these, this couch is clean. Okay. Now, I'm looking. Uh, I have to post something for you on Instagram right now. We're going to get a plug out of the way real fast. Yes. What are you on Instagram? I am not on Instagram. Even better. All right, let's get back into this. So <laughs> you go into this guy's apartment. Did he portray himself as gay on Grinder? Yeah, well, he didn't portray himself as any. He's a man. I don't care what you portray yourself as on Grinder if you're a man and you look fine. So I didn't know what he was. He was a man on Grinder. I just assumed whatever he was, he was up for it. So you go over to his house, say hello, get the the pleasantries out of the way, and then he says, "There are no pleasantries. They they just grab you. Mostly, if you are lucky, if they answer the door with clothes on." So as far kissing, as pleasantries go. Start yes. kissing him. And then the girl shows up and are you like, oh, I'm going to get robbed? or like- After we go to the bedroom, uh, the girl shows up. I didn't think I was going to get... I've had accidental roommate walk-ins happen before. So I figured it was that. Uh, so that goes down. And then it's this is... It, the, what happened next is kind of a blur. I'd also lifted a few by that point. Um, and what does that mean? Oh, that means I'd had a few drinks. Oh, I thought you meant um, uh, like you'd done the anal nitrate or... You know. <laughs> I never got into any of that. I've been with a lot... It's the damnedest thing. I'm a bottom, and yet guys I've been with do poppers, but I always thought it was to relax your anus so that somebody else could get in. What the fuck do you need poppers for? This could be a four-hour podcast, I'm telling you that right now. (laughs) This is definitely a two-parter, I can tell already. (laughs) We might not even get to roast battle. Uh, A man with a cock ring, and I had to drive two hours from Laguna Beach the next day, sitting. Now, when you say you're a bottom, does that mean you won't top at all? No, I'm I'm 22 years old. I don't have to fuck anyway. I don't want to yet. But I mean, like, it, it's like I a, don't want to top the idea. It it just is not a sexy idea to me. But getting pounded is yes. That's in like, 
Like, how did you know? How do you know you're a top or a bottom? Like, is it just? Like, it's just what your fantasies ha- are. Okay. And I didn't lose my virginity till I was 21, so I had time to do a lot of fantasizing. And it was always uh, like, when did you know you were gay? 12. And there was an exact moment too. I talked about this with Ty Rivera. It's such a, uh, it's so sweet what you think is sexy when you're 12 years old. I saw Kingdom of Heaven, which I don't know if you ever heard of this movie, but Ridley Scott made it with Orlando Bloom and it was about the Crusades and he has a sex scene with Ava Green that I saw on TV at four in the morning and that was it. And you just knew? Yeah. Uh, have you ever been with a woman? No, because I, kn- I knew at 12. Also, I had this personality. So oh. what woman could I pretend to that I was straight? Uh, yeah, good, good point. Exactly. Yeah. No, but again, nobody knew, or I mean, everybody knew when I was in high school, we just didn't discuss it until I was 17. I mean, you're about as straight as a circle, (laughs) but I love it though. Like you own it. And like most good roasters, it's like, okay, here I am. There's no, I always do, uh, not to compare myself to you at all, but I know you talk about how you do the, the pro wrestling heel thing. I do. I do the diva thing. So I have, you know, I, and I don't know any pro wrestling heels. So I, do, do you have one that you draw on or do you amalgamate? I do. Uh, I have one in particular who uh, he was, uh, his name was uh, Rick Rude and a beautiful body, mustache, uh, very um, condescending. He would come to the ring. He would uh, get the microphone and, and, Basically say, I, uh, I'd like your attention, please. Uh, all you fat, <laughs> lazy, out of shape, New Jersey sweat hogs, keep the noise down <laughs> and hold your woman so she don't storm the stage <laughs> while I show her what a real sexy body looks oh, like. Oh, God. And he was just... Oh, I love this. Ma- I have to watch wrestling now. It was Well, wrestling's always... Uh, I guess you'd say uh, homoerotic. Uh, you know, some of the characters uh, are, uh, I wouldn't say gay-based, but there's, you know, maybe some suppressed homosexuality <laughs> going on with some of these guys. Uh, but there's still a bravado there that is... Yeah. It's not homosexual, but it's it's still such a fun thing to watch on stage. Well, it's, it's for... I'm, I'm shocked more gay comics don't have that. Given what we grew up watching, the the women that we grew up idolizing. No, well, like in terms of comedy, like uh, like Paula Poundstone, like was she like Paula Poundstone? Less actually, in terms of the comics, it was less of the the brassier women. I mean, well, there there was you know your Kathy Griffins, your Joan Riverses, um, but there was also I love Rita Rudner. I oh, she's think great. She's, yeah, and she flew one of those people that made tons of money and flew completely under the radar because she just never left Vegas. Because why would you when the hotels are having a bidding war over you? Yeah, I don't think people uh, Vegas gets a bad rap in terms of uh, oh Rita Rudner's there, Dice Clay, uh, right? Carrot Top, he probably gets shit on the most. Oh, they're in Vegas. There has been yeah. It's like uh, no, they're, they're making not. so much money. How much money Dice Clay makes, uh, and it's Carrot Top is like the king of the Lux. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to be a Hasman in Vegas. 
Yeah, no, Rita. And I saw her in Vegas, and she's beyond brilliant. Once again, like so, so uh, uh, she's a lesson in tightness. There's not one wasted word in that act. Yeah, I mean, you could really. uh, I mean, you know, I watched Kathy Griffin do like four specials in one year. That was her thing on the yeah, which I didn't like. I just thought, wow, you. I mean, she's great, but yeah. uh, Four hour specials and what that's pretty hard to pull off. Yeah. Love her, but no one has that much good material. Yeah. And if you watch the special, she didn't. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I would love to have four specials on. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Comedy Central, let's make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good for her. I mean, she, she, she got the deal and the specials I hear did well. Uh, but it's, it, it was stretched very thin. Well, like you just said, it's like no one has that m- amount of material. Louis C.K., as great as he is, Joe Rogan. Right. I, I, I mean, maybe they could do four specials a year, but Jesus, that's tough. Yeah. You know, I would think maybe one a year, and that's a lot. Yeah. Because uh, it's not just an hour of standing there. <laughs> right. An hour of <laughs> fucking killer, no filler. Right. You know, when I used to open up for Rob Schneider, he would do an hour and 15 minutes every night, and... uh there wasn't any soft spots. Yeah. I'm doing 20 minutes and maybe bombing for five. <laughs> and I'm funny. Yeah, darling. I mean, if you're doing 20 minutes and bombing for five, what hope is there for the rest of us? A lot. <laughs> so what got you into con? Well, let's get, hold on. So you, you're out at 12. No, knew, I knew at 12. You knew at 12. Yeah. And I'm like, out at, out, out at 17 to friends and then out to my parents at 19. Now, knowing high school like I... I went to high school in the Valley at Notre Dame High. Oh, um, our football rival. Yes. we. Uh, I played one day of football until I <laughs> saw black kids my age. And I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Where are the golf tryouts? <laughs> but that's a very hard time to... Uh, you're just straight or gay. You're finding your sexuality. Right. Uh, but I didn't. Again, but- I didn't lose my virginity till I was 21. Nothing, nothing happened in high school. But like when you were in PE class, like right. oh PE. I used to look at chicks. Oh my God, Tracy's got big tits. Oh uh, well, when you're a man, you're not looking at the, your classmates. You're looking at the teacher. Now, did you? When uh, you're a man and you have when you're, when you're a gay kid in PE class and you're exaggerating how badly you swing the baseball bat so you can get the teacher to do that thing where he stands behind you and puts his arms around you and swings the baseball bat with you. Oh, that was PE was such a good time. Was it because he was older and authority figure? Older and authority figure and good looking. Now, did you have daddy issues? No, I've always had a great relationship with my dad. So I don't know what that is, but I do like older men. Do you think it's because they know what they're doing? Like they know yeah. they've been through the wars. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they've Especially at this age. My tastes may change as I get older, but right now I'm still, you know, I'm a year into this really. Uh, so I need somebody who knows more than I do. Right. So you're more uh, let the other person lead the way. Yeah. Because you don't... Uh, I'm learning. The, the, the first time, did it hurt? Oh, like it hurts now. Because I can't imagine a, a you know, <laughs> I, I just something up there. I just can't imagine that feels good. But it must. A lot of people do. It, it. does. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the prostate orgasm, first of all, is a myth. But it, do, it, it does feel good when it, it gets far enough up there. 
and uh, it's the it's the rest of the rest of it also helps. Well, what's the rest of it? Let's not gloss over anything. Cause no, the rest of it is just, you know, having a man on top of you and the, that, that thing of being taken control of is very attractive. Uh, so, it, I mean, is it like... Because I'm a very demanding and selfish person in life. So when I get into the bedroom, I like to... It's all about, is he having a good time? Right. Which is why I fuck strangers. But isn't that dangerous? Fucking strangers. Well, I mean, we take all the precautions. Right. Uh, Have you ever not? Everybody has. No. Because uh, I'm too scared. Right. Uh, the, the, yeah, the fear is very real. Uh, so, no, I, that's, that's not something I would do. But I... Uh, no, you do. You worry all the time. and uh, But the, the great thing about fucking strangers is you don't... It keeps sex separate from all of your life, which is why, which makes sex more of an escapist thing. If I'm with a man, he doesn't know my friends. He doesn't know my family. He doesn't know what went wrong in my day. And he doesn't give a shit, which means I don't have to give a shit. Right. It's just, you'll never see them again, probably. Right. Uh, So it's kind of like. It's all about him. It's not about me anymore. It's what drugs must be like. And have you ever done drugs? Like, a pot here or there. But with no booger sugar? Or... No, none, none of that. This is the best picture of you. <laughs> In love. This, this might be a, uh, <laughs> be a three-parter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, th- and then, but like when you're in high school, like I know that's when I first started like kind of noticing chicks and like, oh, and, you know, I, I didn't get late till 21. So, mm. uh but it was a very confusing time. You're like, oh, I'm getting boners now. Right. Uh, I mean, was it... Because I know kids can be mean in high school. Like, uh, I'm assuming there weren't a lot of gay... Uh, no, but I did hang out with the, the theater group. And there were out gay kids there. Not that I did so well there either, because I wasn't talented or good looking. Uh, you know, you're good <laughs> there, looking, dude. Li- uh, don't don't be sweet. Uh, it's true, this is no, but I'm not fishing. But it's but not I'm there. There are also I was uh, even if I'm not I'm not believing you now. But if I were to, I did not look like this in high school. But you got um, clear skin. You I was fat. Bl- I did not have clear skin. Uh, I braces. I didn't know how to manage the Indian body odor, uh, which was getting compounded by hair that trapped sweat, and I didn't know where it was coming from. So I, I no. Uh, high school was. I I didn't enjoy high school for all the normal reasons people hate high school. The fag thing was down, right. and the reasons. But like, were kids mean to you? Like, uh, or like even. Uh... It was more the kind of school where people talk behind your back. Right. So it's kind of like roast battle. Yeah. <laughs> no, roast battle would have been better. It would have been more fun to my face. Yeah, but there's a lot of behind the scenes. That's uh, very true. Roasting that I, <laughs> I hear everything. So <laughs> you young kids out there who <laughs> think making fun of me never gets back to me. It does. <laughs> so don't worry about it. I have seen the dick pic, Earl. It's a good dick. If pick. that's it's a fantastic dick pick. Well, it's not the biggest, but uh it's you, know, you for a white guy? For a white guy, it's big enough. I say it's big enough. It's and I'm sure it does the job. 
my mom told me one thing, Samir, about sex. She never told me about the birds and the bees. It was a one sentence. Earl, always make the girl happy, and they will come back. And I will say, uh, not everyone has come back, but I will say that most keep in touch with me. (laughs) Good for you. I refuse to keep in touch. You know, it depends. I'm friends with pretty much all my exes. Uh, I've never dated. Do you want a boyfriend? I'd like to. I'm not really in a time in my life where it's a good idea right now. But down the road, I would love to be married down the road. Yeah, but you got to blow it out a lot more before that happens. Like, Yeah, no, I have to. I, 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 it's not like I have a... If I were to get married now, I have... I have a good backlog behind me. That doesn't mean I'm done, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I fucked too few men. Right. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm not ready to be married now, but no, uh, no I would love to be married. So I don't want to have children, but I would love to be married. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, now did you vote for Trump? I did. Did you really? My darling. Now, uh, he strikes me as, Possibly being homophobic. I don't know he why. He strikes me as a fag. Oh, you think he's in the closet? Do you know? I do Breaking I do news. this on stage, Breaking so I news. feel bad doing it now. No, no. Please. Uh, no, but I, I, I do think so. He's gaudy, and he's flamboyant, and he's bitchy, and he has the gold fixtures, and a straight man does not go to the Iowa State Fair in French cuffs. Well, there you have it, guys. And then uh, he wondered why he lost Ohio. Oh, oh Iowa. Won, Ohio. Sorry, Iowa. Right, in the right. in the primary. The caucus. Sorry. Well, there you go. I mean, we've got the gay Harvey Levin on uh, my <laughs> The real Harvey Levin is gay. He gay himself. Uh, <laughs> he is gay. He's out. Oh, there you go. There two breaking news stories. <laughs> I used to intern there. Oh, really? Yeah, in college. Were you there when the good-looking guy with long hair was there, the <laughs> surfer dude? <laughs> it was earlier this year. Okay. Yeah. Well, my friend, uh, the great comic Rick Martinez is. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's still on. I don't watch the show. Uh, I would always hear, you know, the interns were kind of in a <laughs> in a corner, so I would hear the show happening in the background. Well, the only thing I don't like about the show, and I love gossip, and we're going to get into that. Oh, uh, I beg you. Uh, I I don't like how those. Uh, I guess they're not interns, but they're Harvey's reporters. Yeah. Uh, how they talk shit about, oh, we saw Brad Pitt picking his nose at the Ivy. <laughs> or he looks he, like he's gained weight. He's like, look at you guys. Uh, you guys look like shit. <laughs> you got the fat guy with the goatee who's <laughs> making fun of, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, Lorenzo Lamas for, I don't know, having gray hair. And it's like, look at you, dude. That's why I always always have to keep thin so i can make fun of fat celebrities all i want to well like gene simmons said uh you know when you leave your house in the morning you are on stage yeah so i always try and uh be as well manicured as i can la mer la prayer yeah uh, sk3 is new moisturizer i'm using i try everything yeah well i you know you uh, you were the only inappropriate Earl guest <laughs> allowed into the inner sanctum of my beauty uh, supply store. It was, listeners, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I take very few people upstairs to my uh, second floor. There's the jersey room, which is for uh, NHL players only. I have a hockey jersey thing. I oh, wow. And uh, But then the bedroom is... Uh, 
basically the beauty collection. <laughs> it's amazing. You got to keep up, uh, you know, uh, with the young studs out there, gay or straight. You gotta, yeah, you, you. everything has to be managed. Yeah. I'm I mean, worrying now. I'm 22 years old and my thighs are going. But do you work out at all? I, d- I don't do like the, the gym thing, but I run. Okay. You got a runner's body. I do. Yeah, that's, that's basically how this happened. Yeah. Um. Because I would imagine you would kill it at Equinox. (laughs) In the the steam room, you would be a wild man. (laughs) That's also one of my other defenses of Trump. When they did the the Access Hollywood tape and that came out, everything he talked about doing to women on that tape is just walking into a gay bar. I mean, well... uh, Getting grabbed by the pussy is the least invasive thing I can imagine happening to me two steps into the Abbey. Well... I, you know, I've been in a lot of locker rooms. <laughs> I've played a lot of sports in my life. And yes, you talk about women. I'd like to fuck this girl. She's got big tits or whatever. I don't know. It's a little graphic. I, I got sisters <laughs> and nieces, man. So he lost my vote on there. But he won. That, that was when he lost it? Yeah, I just, I could put up with the racism and the homophobia. <laughs> I don't, he does not strike me as homophobic. His speech after Orlando was the best defensive fags I've ever heard from a straight politician well i do like how he is uh he says what he is on his head he's uh, got the impulse control of a five-year-old <laughs> but i kind of like ivanka that. has to take his twitter away she's got great tits i mean <laughs> my god I mean, good for her and that oh to get the body back right after giving yeah. birth it's snapped back yeah i mean that's a bravo now you have a daytime job can you say what it is i do sure I, no, I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> I'm gonna get but, fired. I don't want no, you, but you. Uh, okay, we don't have to discuss it. But I have, I have. Uh, like I was asked about it on Kill Tony. I gossip about show business. Right. Yeah. Yes. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, so, is it uh, like when you see a celebrity uh, out on the town? Do you have to report to someone, hey, I see, uh, you know, uh, Dane Cook at the, I don't know, Greenblatt's. Oh, no, that's that's the sort of thing that gets sent in. Right. But, uh, like, if you're out on the town on a date or you're doing a comedy show, uh, do you have to, like, if you see a celebrity, do you have to check in? Do you call, like, a central number and go, <laughs> hey, hey, get a paparazzi over at the... Uh, I haven't done that yet. Maybe I should and I'll get a raise. Well, I know TMZ at one point used to have a full-time guy at the comedy store. Did they really? Uh, so where I read somewhere, maybe it was the New York Times, that they had they had more people at courthouses than the LA Times, which makes sense that. to me because Harvey was a lawyer before he got into this. Well, every now and then I see him late night at uh, Twenty Four Hour Fitness on Sunset because <laughs> it's open twenty four yeah. hours. You couldn't have the one in West Hollywood open 24 hours. Oh, no. Because that would be a fucking bathhouse. <laughs> it already is. Well, the activity in the steam room there uh, made me join Equinox. Because <laughs> I saw some guy getting his ass eaten once. And I'm like, I'm gone. I am very good at that, by the way. If well, anyone listening is interested. Well, let me get into that. Because uh, <laughs> as you can tell, I don't plan any questions. I just let the conversation flow. Uh, like, I'm a clean guy. Mm-hmm. I do the toilet paper and the cottonelles. Yes. And I stick it pretty far up there just to clear out any shrapnel. Right, you have to. But as clean as I am, there's still got to be some back there. Like, 
I mean, that is where shit is manufactured. Right. You have to be careful how far you go in. And you, uh, it helps if the man is shaved in there. Okay. It's easier. Things don't get lodged. That's a good way to put it. No loose ends. Yeah. And, no entrapment. Um, like what, like what do you get out of like, what do you get out of doing that? Just pleasing the man? Yeah. I'm very, I'm so selfish in life that it translates to my being very giving in bed. And do you have that done to you? Yeah. If a guy's too cheap to pay for lube. Oh, he, okay. That's, that's, that's a hundred percent real. And, uh, right, well, there you go. <laughs> Maybe we should get into a roast battle. Uh, <laughs> um, now, when you see a guy, what interests you the most about him? Physical looks, if he can make you laugh, like, like our looks and imp- looks are very important. Because I imagine if you're looks are crucial. If you're eating some guy's butt, yeah, you got to be into him. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. I I mean, I've I have been with men for other reasons. Ambiance. I see a nice, you know, I'm on Grinder. It's a nice neighborhood I'm going to. I go. I want to be in that house for a couple of hours i'll probably get you know he probably has a sunken living room and we'll have some scotch afterward i'm not paying for mccallan myself uh so sometimes i'll i'll go do that uh and then some yeah no it's mostly his looks though right because you're at this point 22 right you're just into blowing it out <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it you don't want a relationship you just want to just Kicking my heels up. Right. So uh, I, I can imagine that, like, what's your type of dude? People are going to see your picture on Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> and Instagram. Big, burly, hulking things. So not bears. No, not, not, I, I, occasionally I'll, I'll countenance a bear. Uh, but, but fat is generally not great. No, someone said that I, in the gay world, would be what's called an otter. Yeah. Which is a in-shape bear. Yeah. Okay. So you're into otters. Yeah. Not not necessarily the... See, I I don't like mustaches. Right. Because my dad has one. <laughs> <laughs> so that gets too weird. And then... But beards... Uh, beards are good. I'm going to shave my mustache. <laughs> no, no, with the, I, I, I didn't mean your mustache. No, if you have a beard, you got to have a mustache because then you get the whole, you know, are you going to take me out into the field, bury me to the neck and stone me thing? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, if you got a beard, you need a mustache. Now, what, like on Grinder, is there a lot of chat? I mean, I've been on Tinder. Yeah. You know, do you, Tinder is just a hookup now, app now also, is what I've heard. Oh, yeah, it's all right. I mean, you know, I, I'm not on it anymore, but, you know, it's like I was on Plenty of Fish for a while. <laughs> How was, was that? Was so gross. <laughs> if you name your app something that's designed to comfort ugly women. Yeah, I, it was. That's what that phrase was invented for. Yeah. What do you think is going to show up? Because I, I don't think they have a gay version of Plenty of Fish. No. Grinder pretty much. Grinder is so well designed. That it doesn't really leave room for any competition. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, uh, is there, uh, doesn't Tinder have like a gay section? 
Oh yeah, they have men seeking men. But I again, I don't know why you would do it when Grinder is so easy and user friendly. What now? Why is it? I, I've never been on Grinder, so why is it so? You, is it the same? You swipe right or left? No, that's what's great about it. Because you know, and on Tinder, from what I've seen other people use, you you can only see one person at a time, right? Right. And then you swipe right or left, and then your interaction with that person is kind of done until you start messaging each other. On Grinder, it's location based, and it's the first whatever like ninety to hundred or fifty. I don't even know what number it is. But the closest men to you all appear at once in like rows and columns right. with pictures. So you don't have to look at one at a time and think, oh, I guess I'll swipe. I don't even know what left or right is to accept or reject, but whichever way and then see the next one. You can go through everybody who's near you and pick the guy you want and just start messaging him. Okay. Now, how long would you say from your first message to going over to the guy's house takes i mean in general like that night it depends on the oh it's always that night really and on uh or like yeah 90 percent of the time um and de- uh, the specific amount of time kind of depends on the neighborhood right like west hollywood weho at- takes a while because there are so many options so everyone is weighing you in comparison to right. what everything else is. Uh, and I'm, because I have, as you very <laughs> diplomatically and I think overly generously described it, a runner's body, as opposed to like this big hulking thing, uh, I'm low on the totem pole in WeHo. So I have to wait for a lot of other men to become unavailable before somebody lands on me. Right. Uh, so... Uh, but, you know, if it's NoHo and it's 4.30 in the afternoon, I'm all there is. Right. I got gotcha. you. It's, it's the free market. When I'm the only supply, then there's demand. I got gotcha. you. And then what's, you go over to the guy's house, is there small talk or is this right into it? No, it's right into it. Really? Yeah. Okay, because tender, there's <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah, with men and women, it's different. I mean, I think uh, men are a little more cautious with women, like. I don't want to seem like a rapist. <laughs> no, you should be. It's, you know, not not everyone is always going to be the same. Straight people are never going to be fags. And fags are never going to be straight people. That's why as much as they try to do the whole 50s, we're married and we have children. I know I said I wanted to be married. Sorry. Um, but the whole, you know, we, we're married and we'll have children and we're doing the soccer run and they've gotten so dowdy and they dress so badly now. Uh, that's not, that's not what we are. You know, that's not what we are. Well, I find gay men to be, uh, much more aggressive than straight men. Like, yeah, you know, I've told the story that when I was walking my dog who, uh, is at my ex's house right now, uh, this guy was following me around one night. He's like, uh, I'd really like to suck your dick right now. I'm, like, <laughs> uh, I'm straight, dude. Uh, <laughs> thank you, though. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm, yeah, real sure. <laughs> I'm positive, and I'm sure you are, too. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, well, just to let you know, I give the best blowjob on Larrabee. <laughs> and that's a bold statement. Yeah, that's, he, he's, he's, he's got competition. That's like saying you have the best jump shot in the NBA. <laughs> that is a hell of a jump shot. <laughs> so let's get into comedy. Like give some of these faggots a run for their money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure, you know, 
You look like you you would do a thorough job. <laughs> Leave no stone unturned. <laughs> what? That'll be how I die. No stone will be unturned. Right. Just bury your ass uh, upside down. <laughs> and, uh, they usually they bury fags to the neck. I will be buried to the ass bent over. Well, that's what they said about Liberace that his uh, his ass was buried above ground, <laughs> so his friends could visit him. <laughs> Did you watch that movie behind the candle? Oh, behind the candle. Yeah, it was okay. You know, I thought the better uh, Michael Douglas, one of the great actors yeah. of our time. And he really is. Uh, I mean, Wall Street, uh, you know. Basic Instinct. I mean, just his resume speaks for itself. I thought a better choice would have been David Lee Roth. <laughs> I have never seen him act. I don't know if he can act. <laughs> just looks wise. But. Um, and drug addled wise. I think that, you know. And I got now. You'd be only you and Ty Rivera uh, could uh, probably discuss this with me. I got into an argument once about David Lee Roth because he <laughs> once tried to pick up on me at uh, <laughs> Crazy Girls on La Brea. Uh, he was around six strippers, all beautiful, big tits, tan. Yeah, you know all that scene. And he signals for me to come over. I'm like, why do you want me to come over? You've got six amazing looking <laughs> whores. Uh, and he just puts his hand on my upper thigh, pretty high up, and he's like, you look dangerous. <laughs> a little bit of small talk, but then I kind of started to put two and two together, so I peeled out. And uh, I See, he strikes me as the kind of guy who just seems to want to scare the shit out of people. Well, I think in his case that he's had so many women in his life, I mean, literally thousands. Yeah that at this point he probably has to stick his dick in a cheese grater <laughs> to feel different to blow yeah. it out yeah and uh so i don't look at that as being gay yeah and my one friend was like no he's a fag man like, <laughs> if you sleep with five thousand women and you want a dick that's boredom to me yeah that's not it's like cheating Right, if you like sleep with one girl and then you're like want to start banging dudes, well, that's probably right. Gay. Yeah, then you're a fag. But no, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gay. I mean, you know, I think, I, yeah, I think he just samples every now and again, as right. you said, out of boredom, as I suspect somebody like Warren Beatty probably did. Yeah, I mean, uh, I th I would say any rock star, most actors who are. You know, I mean, I you know, last night at roast battle is a perfect example of uh, Corey Feldman was there mm. as a, uh, I guess he was kind of a judge, but he was yeah, he was just there yeah, and he was great, awesome dude. Everyone giving him shit. He was firing yeah. back. He got me good. Good for uh, him. But that's a guy who's probably fucked at least a couple hundred girls, right? Maybe, maybe over a thousand. I could see him going. Yeah, I'll let this guy suck me off. Yeah. Especially, well, yeah, bl blowjobs are a different matter entirely. I mean, you sorry. have to look down. You can imagine anything is there. You could just close your eyes. Right, yeah. So, you know, it, I guess that... Uh, I've blown a few guys I've suspected were straight and just figured Grinder was an easier way to unload in, a, in, in someone's mouth. Yeah, I, I guess it is. If you have fast Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> now, what got you into stand-up? It was kind of a narrowing down because uh, I always wanted to write 
And then I saw, did you ever see the show? Absolutely fabulous. You know, I, I no. Okay. There's a line in absolutely fabulous. I was watching this when I was 12 and, uh, somebody is introduced to somebody else. And she says, uh, this is my daughter, Safi. And then the French woman who's being introduced puffs on her cigarette and she goes, well, never mind. Too late to flush her now. And I thought that when I was 12, it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard. Uh, so then it was, I want to write comedy. And then it was just a, a narrowing down of the people I thought were the funniest all happened to be standups. Right. Like who, who did you think? Oh of? God. Uh, Bill Maher, Joan Rivers, uh, Sarah Silverman, Rita Rudner was an early one. Uh, later on Bill Burr. Bill Burr is amazing. Oh, I, beyond. Yeah. I think he's the funniest one alive right now. Yeah. He's, uh, he's pretty uh, awe-inspiring yeah. to watch work and always, and so nice and like, is he? Humble. I've never and, met him. I mean, I'm not like friends with him. Right. But, like, you know, I've seen him uh, come to the comedy store and he, he goes on right away, obviously, but he feels not bad, but he, he knows he's probably bumping someone. Right. And he gives them like the best intro to set them up to do yeah. well. And, you know, not a lot of comics do that. Yeah. And uh, No, that's really sweet. I love hearing things like that. Yeah, no, he's, and he's always uh, talking with the open micers and like, you know, I don't oh. know what he's saying, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, did you, what was, uh, did you hit the comedy store first or where did you start getting up? I started, okay, when I went to SC, there was a, uh, a comedy stand-up group there, which was good and bad in the sense that it, it, it was good in that I got used to writing material regularly because we had shows every two weeks and the same people would come. So I had to have five new minutes every two weeks. Right. So that was a good habit to get into. Uh, it was bad in the sense that for the two years I was doing it, it was an excuse for me to pussy out of actually doing it in the scene. Right. Uh, so after two years, our membership was so low that we had to disband because uh, we just didn't have enough people anymore. So then I started going out and doing, you know, flappers Ugh. and these things. <laughs> yeah. We all have to start somewhere, Earl. I know you have a... What is your thing with flappers? You know, flappers is, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> be, well, I'll be, I'm a straight shooter. I just think they take yeah. advantage of comics and, like, the flappers university and... Oh, that's... You know, yeah. the fucking comedy schools and, you know, how to be an MC. I think in one class I saw a description. They had how to deal with a heckler. Uh, you know, it's like you can't tell yeah, someone. Yeah, that's all instinct, deal, especially yeah. dealing with a heckler. It's yeah. like, you know, you can't, you know, it's like teaching in class and how to be a quarterback in the NFL, you know, how right. to deal with a blitz. You can't teach someone how to deal with that. You they have to experience right. it. Yeah. Uh, so I just, and you can't do it at four thirty in the afternoon at one of these classes. Yeah, pain. you have to do it at one thirty in the morning in a bar, and the heckler is drunk. Yeah, and they teach you comedy. I don't one. I don't think you can teach comedy. Yeah, you either have it or you don't. It's just the way it is. And the tips that you can learn, you learn from watching other people, not from going to a class. Yeah, I don't. You can't. You know, when I tell people that, their number one thing is, well, well you can teach technique. It's like. Yeah, but if someone's not funny, yeah, it's like I can't jump. 
I mean, I got a great <laughs> body. I'm very athletic, but I have no vertical leap at all mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason. So why would I take a class on how to dunk a basketball? Yeah. Because I just don't have the natural talent to do it. So uh, I, I don't like people who uh, con other people. Yeah. I mean, I'll give them this. It's hard to start a comedy club. It is. Uh, so, but, uh, and they're kind of dicky, to be honest. <laughs> you know, but so, but you, it, I don't look down it on was, you. It was the first club that booked me ever. It, well, that's another thing. You get this fucking... 40 page email from them <laughs> those contracts yeah and then and i read i keep hearing from people that they didn't read them i go i if i'm signing a contract i'm reading every fucking word of that thing and i'm reading it every time because i don't know what they changed but the last part of the contract you know you go through all this shit you know uh it's at least 10 pages and then the, <laughs> the last page it says no compensation yeah why the fuck are we doing a contract <laughs> Like, I could understand if they were, like, giving you $5,000. Okay, you got to go through the red right. tape. But uh, I don't know. I just don't like their attitude. They're indemnifying themselves. Uh, you know, when... So that you can't go... I mean, I think they, they're not as aware of young comics who were, that we're used to per performing for free. They think if they make you perform for free, some comic might sue. Right. Well, there you go. But they get big names sometimes. I don't know how. Like, you know, they've had Bill Burr. And, yeah, Whitney. And, uh, and Billy Gardell. Yeah. He's like a huge comic. Uh, Mike and Molly and, and another great, great dude. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just don't like their attitude over there, mm. you know, and, you know, the YooHoo room. And the <laughs> fucking kind of room is named after a chocolate milk drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, but, you know, I never, uh, I have no, uh, I wish more, I wish you could be more honest like this in comedy, you know, and, but you can't. Like, you You're know. right. You have so many dicks you have to suck. Yeah. And like, uh, I know I probably will never set foot in flappers ever again. Right. So I can be honest. Right. Because I don't care if they hear this podcast. <laughs> well, they, that sham show they used to do at the Ice House, some bringer show contest, <laughs> Uncle Clyde's or some bullshit. You know, I think you, maybe this predates me. Well, they used to do a show, Dave and Barbara, at, uh, I don't know, the Ice House Annex, it was called at the mm. time. Now it's called Stage 2. Yeah. And it was just a bringer show. It was, it was a fucking contest. And then you're getting comedy advice from Dave, who's like, no offense, but, I mean, that guy's the comedy teaching what Magic Johnson is to AIDS prevention. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, Louis C.K., Bill Burr's teaching a comedy class. I'm going to give them the money. Right. Because they're higher than I am on the food chain. Joe Rogan says, Earl, I want to teach you how to do a podcast. You've got the number one podcast in the world. I'm right. all ears. I just think you should be accomplished before you take people's money to teach. Joe Rogan is the proof positive that you don't have to be ugly to be funny. I mean, so you, you're not attracted to Joe. No, I am. I'm saying he's he's the proof that you don't have to be ugly to be funny. Oh, I got it. Everyone used to say, you know, it's if you're gorgeous especially with women that you you can't be funny because you become funny to make up for not right. getting laid no but he's he, oh he's drenchingly gorgeous oh his body's amazing yeah i mean uh and the he, face and the voice yeah and he, he's an awesome he's another one super awesome dude always helping people out you know takes people on the road he knows needs the exposure right you know, every time he mentions my name on his podcast, I get like easily a hundred followers. Uh, 
And he doesn't have to do that. Right. He knows a thousand comics. Right. Uh, so I love Joe. He's like, and he's a big part of the recession, uh, resuscitation of the comedy store. You know, it's never been better up there. And I think a lot of that's because he's back there. Mm. You know, he had a, uh, let's just say a problem with the previous talent coordinator. I see. That was Tommy. This is a great Tommy Morris who, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, interesting dude. You, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard strains of gossip. Well, I don't like to plug my own podcast and be self-serving. <laughs> that is where I heard the strains of gossip. Like all these fucking Palmers, <laughs> you, you know. But, uh, if you listen to one episode, I worry about being that all the time, by the way, but keep going. Well, no, well, you got a palm to make it in this business. I know. So I, 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 don't, I don't know where I am. You know? Yeah. I'll, yeah. But I'm I'm not very good at it, but uh, you got to do it. Yeah. You know, it's just, you're not going to make it on your own. Yeah. You need help, you know. Uh, but we live in a great age of YouTube and podcasts and, Vi well, not Vine, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Periscope. Yeah. Facebook Live. Of, uh, you can almost do it on your yeah. own. Yeah. You can make it more on your own now than you ever could, but you still, everybody still needs help. No, oh, yeah. I mean, you don't in some ways need a manager or an agent. I mean, you could have a gossip uh, video uh, vlog mm. and, you know, if it gains steam, you could be the next TMZ. Not that you want to do get that. into this. You should. It's really cheap. I mean, I've got a, a kind of advanced setup for a podcast, but like, you know, all you need is a, a Zoom recorder and two mics and bam. Just keep defending the Kardashians. Yeah, I mean, tie myself I, to that to the kardashians oh. and trump the two dead horses what they did to bruce jenner is just... <laughs> were you one of the old fans of him as an athlete as a dude uh yeah well i mean he's literally and people forget this about him because or her uh, i don't want to be disrespectful <laughs> but he still has his dick right yeah so to it's, me it's, he's a dude yeah <laughs> he's a dude in drag which is fine he's got tits now though I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm a pretty horny guy, and he's getting better looking. <laughs> She's also 65 years old, 66. I mean, he looks good for a 65 year old woman. I She's mean, got it. Yeah, tan, good body, big tits. Uh, Not everybody can be Helen Mirren. Right. Thank you, Helen. Uh, <laughs> but by the way, breaking news story. Uh, interrupt the uh, podcast. The creator of the Big Mac. <laughs> I heard that on the radio this morning. Uh, died at the age of ninety-eight, which I think is crazy that he lived so long. I know. He must have never people. sampled his product. Oh my god, he's killing it. the the meat in a Big Mac. Looks like the uh, vaginal rejuvenation clinic's uh, leftover vent. <laughs> so gross. And I used to eat those Big Macs. Uh, oh, she needs better makeup. Oh, good God. Who is that broad? Uh, we got a reporter on CNN who needs a Samir makeover. We got a reporter on CNN who needs lipo on her jowls. Yeah. Uh, and But that's tough. They could get sued if they fired her. Yeah. You got well. They can do. Somebody can just while she sleeps stick a right. stick a couple of those lipo pipes in. Yeah, just talk to Doctor Fisher. Cannon Drive uh, does all the playmates. Just pull everything out. She opened her mouth to eat the the, the and the TV. eye bags just flapped. So they gross. flapped flappers. when she moved. Yeah, flappers. She'll be headlining Claremont in the, <laughs> in the fucking strip mall. Uh, but. Uh, well, oh, and the Big Mac creator was fat. 
Yeah, what a shock uh, that this guy was. A no, slob. but that he, but that he looked like that and lived to be ninety-eight. That is a shock. Well, the world's oldest woman, I think. That's uh, right, the Italian. One hundred and seventeen years old. Uh, apparently, she doesn't eat fruits or vegetables. She has booze and smokes. <laughs> no, that's not what it was, Earl. It was two raw eggs a day. Yeah, but and she she gave up drinking. Well, she was the last person uh, born in the 1800s. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, they did the all these weird stats. Like, she's lived through, uh, like, something like 40 presidents. Yeah. 60 Italian governments. Uh, Can you imagine? World War II starts, and she's already middle-aged. Yeah. And still alive. And doesn't look that bad. I yeah. Mean. But whenever I... She looks like 70-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whenever I see those stories about a 117-year-old woman... I just think, what does her pussy look like? <laughs> drapes. Right. Oh, my meat drapes. I mean, <laughs> it's like the number four. Arby's. It looks like in Goodfellas when they opened the car and the dead people were hanging yeah. with the meat. Oh, my God. That was the guy who bought his wife the fur coat. <laughs> yeah, the Lufthansa thing. Yeah. That's. Do you like Goodfellas? I love Goodfellas. Uh, Don Rickles is uh, no, that was Casino. Casino my bad, yeah, my bad. I love that one too. I get good. Joe fellas. Pesci is my brother's favorite actor, so I've had to see all of that. He's amazing. Now, speaking of movies, while this pops into my head, I'm obsessed with what does someone call a gay movie? Uh, Showgirls. Oh no, that's full of naked broads. But I mean, uh, like my favorite character in that is Tony Moss. The, <laughs> I can recite his scene word for word when he lines the girls up, <laughs> you know, and, and does the little walkthrough. Hello, ladies. I'm Tony Moss. I produce this show. Some of you may have heard I'm a prick. I am a prick. I got one interest in this show. And that's the show. I don't care if you live or die. I can't use you if you can't sing. I can't use you if you can't sell. All right, line them up. Jesus, Marty, look at these tits. This is the stage, babe, not the patch. See ya. I bet you can't spell MGM backwards. I'm impressed. Oh, you know, and the fucker stole that joke from Joan Rivers. Really? Yeah. That was one of her uh, Bo Derek jokes. That's funny. I never knew that. I want that a guy. lot of people did. I want that guy on my podcast. <laughs> oh, he would be so good. But he's like a legit actor. Like I don't know how he got roped into playing like a, a semi-gay. Uh, you know, not. Broadway. There are a lot of those stories. How did fucking Paul Sorvino wound up in wind up in Repo, the Genetic Opera, with Paris Hilton, where her face falls off, and Sarah Brightman from Phantom of the Opera gouges her own eyes out? Well, I can't imagine he needs money, but, you know, some guys do and girls. It's like, <laughs> uh, you know, look at Robert Davi, who played Al, the strip club owner in Showgirls. Right. He's like a legit, serious actor. And I would just love to have been a fly on the wall when these guys were pitched. I mean, <laughs> uh, the guy who played Tony Moss was like in L.A. Law. And right. Like the real deal. And just... I'm sure they were like, hey, we got this movie. It's written by Joe Esterhouse. He did Basic Instinct. Right. It's uh, Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven. It's like. It was, I think, Joe Esterhouse's screenplay, I think, was at the time the most expensive screenplay ever yeah. sold. 
And I remember seeing Showgirls on a Friday night at the Avco Theater in Westwood. Oh, I wish I had seen it on a big screen. It was fucking packed. (laughs) I don't think anyone knew anything about the movie. You know, they just heard Joe Esterhouse, Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. And five minutes in, everyone's laughing. Because <laughs> the dialogue is just... Oh, so Must be weird not having any cum on you. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you were great, kid. Uh, what's it feel like not having any cum on you when people dance? <laughs> what kind of classes have you taken? Ice skating, jazz technique, ballet. The show's called Goddess. It ain't called classes. See ya. <laughs> I, do, I do love... The, the last shot of that when she's driving away and she's giving up stripping and she just looks like normal herself yeah. and the camera pans up and it's her poster is still there, yeah. her stripping poster. No, That's me. great. That's just no me a, Malone. The only thing I don't like about that movie is the rape scene because it's yeah, oh, yeah. graphic. I mean, it's a fun Also, it's mo- not that movie. Yeah, that movie's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And then that, suddenly this, this. Andrew Carver, you dirty, dirty man, you. <laughs> uh, only I would know the guy's uh, name. Uh, yeah, that was the only thing that bothered yeah. me about Showgirls. She uh, th- that also that movie was kind of the end of NC Seventeen. Well, that, or as a, as what it was supposed to be, which was the MPAA came up with NC Seventeen as like a legitimate refuge for art house movies that wanted to be more outrageous than the R rating, and people. Oh, it's on! Hey, stars! Um, now I don't want to get sued, so we cannot play the sound. <laughs> but, but I literally uh, watched this scene. Uh, you know, I. I can't play. I wish I could play the sound. It's <laughs> the great Alan Rushings. Now I got the guy in the red hair. It's got him as a possibility on being on the podcast. Ooh, uh, uh, but uh, I'm not sure. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that episode. Uh, well, it's not confirmed yet. But, okay, uh, I was recently hopefully we hope. on a uh, unnamed show uh, that I will be uh, lucky to be a part of. That's on a. So it's on a network. Fantastic. Mazel tov, darling. Thank you. It's a great show. I can't say the time it'll be on, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, there was a actor who was, uh, let's just say, uh, part of the community mm-hmm. and he knows the guy with the mm-hmm. red hair who played Marty. Yeah. The uh, stage assistant. And I, cause I'm really, Showgirls is such an iconic movie to me. Uh, it was it was such a bomb at the box office. Yeah, the, the cult. Uh, That's why I killed NC Seventeen because nobody. Not only was it critically destroyed, but it also bombed, and so. That's why nobody wanted their movie to be NC-17 anymore. It the, the idea used to be you would be fine with your movie being NC-17 because it could still get seen by an art house audience and it would make a decent amount of money. But Showgirls was such a conflagration of a disaster that it it made NC-17 a sinkhole for only movies like this. Well, it, you know, it always bummed me out that it did so poorly. Uh because it's just uh you know they, they had serious actors in it you know the, joe Esterhouse is a great writer yeah uh, verhoeven is like he's the real deal yeah i just don't know uh and gina gershon is like a very good <laughs> oh actress. yeah forgot she was in this she's ter- she's the best part of this movie yeah well i think the guy who plays tony moss is yeah because <laughs> especially the scene there's another scene when uh Gina Gershon gets hurt and they're trying to go over uh, replacements that they can get. And 
uh, the, the really horny guy with red hair. Is yeah. Like, well, what about Paula Abdul? And, like, <laughs> and then this guy's like, Paula Abdul and my show. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> and now I'm probably losing the audience right now talking about showgirls. But, <laughs> uh, you know, show, no, you're gaining audience members. Showgirls is very popular now. Well, it's just so, uh, 20 years later, it does not hold up, but... <laughs> it, it didn't hold up then. Yeah, it, it was held down by uh, <laughs> before it hit the screens, but I love movies like that. There's another gay movie. Have you ever seen the movie Jeffrey? No. I did see Dahmer. Well, that was kind of a gay movie, I yeah. guess. Uh, Jeremy Renner is my... No I it, If Dahmer had actually looked like that, I would 100% have gone to that apartment. Well, the well, Dahmer was I would have ignored the smell from the kitchen. Well, Dahmer was a good-looking guy. Yeah, but he didn't look like Jeremy Renner. No, no, that he did not. But I'm, I'm really imploring you to see Jeffrey. Yeah, it's uh, Stephen Weber's. A, a, I think he has uh, HIV, but he's trying to find true love. And uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, who's an amazing actor. Yeah, he. I don't know if he's gay in real life. I don't think so. He plays. He's running with Ian McKellen all the time, but. But he plays the best older gay guy, just the perfect amount of over the top. <laughs> um, and then uh, the guy who was in a very, I love the show, The Pretender, Michael mm. T. Weiss. Very good looking guy, great body. He plays kind of like the, the lunkhead bodybuilder. Yeah. I want you to watch Jeffrey. Jeffrey, okay. Uh, Down. I, I don't know if it's on DVD or whatnot. I'll find it someplace. Now, do you ever watch Philadelphia and just... You cry. You're so gay, you probably cry at the beginning. <laughs> I cry all the way. Actually, you know, movies don't get me as much except for Terms of Endearment and Return of the King. What's Return of the King? The last Lord of the Rings movie. They're, hey, listen, whatever. I sob beginning to end of that movie. I mean, listen, I cry at the end of The, ne the Negotiator every time. Uh <laughs> Kevin Spacey shoots uh, Samuel Jackson yeah. in the leg, and uh, it's just, I, I cry every time. And from what I understand about Kevin Spacey, it's the real deal. Oh, well, he was, I, was, I saw him do Clarence Darrow. Uh, he was artistic director of the old Vic in London. Does that tell you everything? Uh, enough said. Every question I had was just answered. Yeah. But an amazing. He was a very good artistic director. A amazing actor uh, yeah one of the best and uh you know we'll let, we'll let his uh life choices just <laughs> out there in the ether is that the biggest? very good lips oh, oh i bet he does lips that could swallow the world <laughs> is that like the biggest thing in celebrity gossip trying to find out if someone's gay or not not so much anymore because who cares now? Right. Every time somebody comes out, it's just like, oh, messages of support. It's not fun anymore. So it's back to who's cheating. What? Because people still are against it. Cheating? Cheating. Oh, I hate cheating. That's my... Yeah, uh... I, I, yeah I couldn't. Although, actually, you know, I would... I always say if I were with... If I were dating a man who was cheating, I would leave him in a second. But a husband who was cheating, I would stick it out. It's tough. I've been cheated on, and it's no fun. Uh, did you did you end it immediately? No. Uh, no. And uh, you know, I tried a few times and uh, to make it right, and then uh, you know, it just didn't happen. How how long did it last after? We tried a few times, uh, probably on and off for two years. Oh but, wow! Uh, the uh, second. Uh, 
you know, it was... Um, Did she keep cheating? Uh, no, but uh, there was an issue with... Uh, keeping this person in her life and uh it was like, oh it's him or me yeah um and uh, i think she wanted to stay with me but still have this uh freak uh, <laughs> who uh you know was the guilty party um in her life t in some capacity and i was not cool with that yeah um, some people just need that person in their life to blame things on Oh, I couldn't resist. This guy was just there and I just fell into his arms and he had the drugs or he was hot or he it's it's well, this guy was not hot. Uh, <laughs> not compared to you, darling. I am sure. Well, uh, let, you know, uh, let's just say when you have dark circles in your in your mid 20s, uh, <laughs> You know, maybe you should lay off the cocaine. <laughs> and uh, this particular gentleman uh, thinks I have forgotten about him, but let's just say revenge comes in all forms. <laughs> and I have not forgotten about you, my friend. I'm going to add, I don't, if, if you say this on air, I, you know, you'll, you might reveal things to him in advance, but I'm going to ask you off air what you're planning. Well, I don't know yet, but uh, I am a very vengeful person, and, uh, you know, uh, I like to... Like, when I play hockey, and someone slashes me, that's when they hit you over the, you know, arm or leg with a okay. stick. Uh, most people's immediate uh, reaction is to slash them back right away. Right. Uh, I don't do that. I like to get into their heads. So what I will do is, uh, for a couple games, I won't touch them. I'll just play right next to them. Because I know the whole time they're thinking, when's he going to hit me? When's he going to hit me? Yeah. I might not hit him for a year. Yeah. Two years. <laughs> oh, I love this about you. You're so bitchy. But I will get you back. Oh, this is you got more attractive. I don't know how you did this. There's all kinds of <laughs> justice in this world. <laughs> so I hope uh, he probably this is does. The sexiest listens. thing I've ever heard you say, Earl. He probably <laughs> listens to this podcast. Daddy's coming. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> uh, podcast. Um, so let's, because this is definitely a two-parter. Okay. But uh, what got you into roast battle? Nick Petrillo. I'd always pussied out of it. I always been told I should do it. And uh, Nick messaged Brian Moses and, and, and teamed me up with Nat Baymel and whom I had never met and had never heard of. Uh, and so it was just done. Nick had done it for me. I couldn't, I couldn't pussy out of it anymore. Uh, well, there's a name I never thought would be mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I don't know what this is. And Nick is a friend, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to shit talk him. No, no, I don't, um, I don't, uh, I, uh, you know. I love talking shit. So, but I'm I'm not. Oh gonna no, I don't want anyone problem. to talk shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, we uh, were acquaintances at one point, and then uh, situations uh, changed. And uh, yeah. but anyway, uh, but he 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 got me 
yeah, he he got me into it. And so I battled Nat and uh, and Nat is adorable and I love him. And he is today the to date, the only battle I have won because everybody beats Nat. And I love you, darling. But records you are much funnier than I am, but I did beat you. But records and roast battle, <laughs> I think, are, I don't want to say they're irrelevant, but like, as long as it's a good battle, yeah, I don't think people really care about the rankings. Or, of course, we do. Are you ranked? No. You're not ranked? No. That's crazy. You should be. <laughs> That's very sweet. But no, I mean, I, uh, my th- that is based on numbers, and I've won one and lost three, so I understand why I'm not ranked. Who have you lost to? I have lost to Richie Gaines. A g- very good battler. Kayla Rosenberg and uh, uh, Anish Shah the most recent time. Okay. Um, and are you getting back into the ring anytime soon? I'm taking a break for a little bit. Be- is uh, it because A lot of people take a break because it's, it is grueling if you do it right. Yeah. It's a lot of writing. It's that. And it's also uh, I took... You know, it wasn't just that I lost the three times, but each time I could feel myself getting worse. And uh, and I knew I was getting worse. And I felt it on stage as it was happening. Uh, and after the most recent time, I spoke to Mike Schmidt and he said, you're not having fun anymore. You need to have fun sticking the knife in again. You need that, right. that vicious thing again. And I totally have that in person, but I had lost it on stage. And I, I don't know why. And I have to... F- figure it out before I get back in. I think part of it is that um, my relationship to stage fright has been different in roast battle than elsewhere in that uh, usually in stand up and during my first battle, I'm petrified five minutes before and then I get on stage and I'm flying and right. I know exactly what to do and it's totally fine. The, the three battles after that, I would get more scared when I got on stage I get it. And well, I, 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 I don't know what that is, but I have to fix it before I go back. Well, the stakes are higher now. Right. I mean, it's not just a little show in the belly room. It's, right. You know, going to be a second season on Comedy Central. And I think from what I understand, it was the uh, quickest uh, season two pickup uh, in, in the show, Comedy Central's uh, history. Holy shit. Uh, I mean, it was a hit right away. Yeah. Um, so it's like anytime you do it now, there's industry in the right so manager agent. That may be it. Cause the first time I did it was the last show before the comedy central announcement. The first time. Right. Um, I mean, I know the girl, uh, the great and legendary Whitney rice who right. used to be my hater partner. Yeah. Uh, she got signed to a major management, uh, cause they saw her, uh, they started at the roast battle. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, Olivia's gotten great things from Roast Battle, and uh, I've gotten a few nice things. So it's like the pressure to do well now, I think, is much higher, higher yeah. than it's ever been, and will get even higher. I mean, once season two is a hit, and then you know, I'm sure there'll be something in Montreal this year, right? Uh, you know, uh, or somewhere else, you know, and so it's like even, even hating, I want, I don't want to bomb. I mean, yeah. I never want to bomb anyway, right? Like, now it's like who's in this room? Right, them. right. Uh, so it's uh, there is pressure. It's a fun show, but there's that. Uh, but there's also that that on the I don't think I'm getting over because that's not going to change. It will always be this pressurized environment, right? Um, and that that's the fun of it. That doesn't bother me so much. 
Uh, but I, the thing I have to get over and can is that I'm still totally starstruck. By like Jeff Ross and stuff like by that? By Jeff Ross, but even by sitting here talking to you. I mean, everybody. I mean, the whole thing. Sitting in the green room going, oh my God, look where I am. Like, I have to get more comfortable. Well, it's such, there's not a show in LA like it where there's so much pressure uh, to perform. I mean, like last night you had uh, the great Chris Red, who's like a, a rapper. He, he's a judge and he's like super fucking funny. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Ross and Tony Hinchcliffe and uh, Corey Feldman. Right. Uh, who's like, like if you're my age, like Corey Feldman is like, you know, I'm trying to think of someone who's popular right now and like a Zach, he's like the Zach Efron of my, you know, young youth. Uh, yeah. So to see this guy who I'd seen in so many Lucas and License yeah. to Drive and like, oh my God, he's judging. Like, this, I don't want to bomb in front of him. And I tried a joke that didn't, I thought it was funny. <laughs> he didn't. He we always, was, we always think it is. But I, he, uh, like early on in the show last night, uh, Jeff Ross said, "Hey, Corey, what do you think of the show?" He's like, "Well, I love everyone, but that guy in the plaid shirt, he's my favorite." I'm like, "Oh, wow." Yeah. Hey, man, just because you said that, I'd really like to finance License to Drive too. <laughs> and he somehow took it as me giving him shit about Corey Haim. His oh, best, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, his best friend. That, where, who, where that went. Unfortunately yeah. passed away. And I was like, I, I felt really bad because I think he thought I was like coming at him. Yeah. Uh, then he, he got me back, though. I Like, hey, Corey, I love you. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. You know, I saw you at the cat club. And he's like, what is that? Your mom's pussy. <laughs> I'm like, he got me. Like, yeah. Which is the great thing about roast battles. Yeah. You go up those stairs, whether you're roasting, I'm hating, Moses is hosting, everyone's free game. Yeah. You know. That's, no, I, I, I do love it. And I, I'm, I'm definitely excited to go back once I've, I've calmed down a little bit. Well, it's like, you know, there's nothing that's off you know, limits. limits. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, uh, you know, if you fucked anyone in that room, right? A lot of roasters have. Uh, that's uh, you know, if it was a bad breakup, right? Uh, you know, we had one of the girls last night. One of the two. Uh, there's a battle last night between uh, Nicole Buchanan and uh, I forget the girl's name. She was battling. She was funny. Uh, that's uh, Dan Nolan's ex-girlfriend, Nicole. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the girl, uh, the other girl, I, I guess, really wants to fuck Dan. <laughs> Which is not that hard. Uh, <laughs> like, if you want to fuck Dan, Dan is down. Yeah, uh, it's, sweetie, come on. So aim, it, you know, have, not, have other goals. Well, I mean, it's just... I don't it, know. Dan is a very good-looking man, but I have told him this. He needs to work on the stomach. Well, well, it, well. I mean, listen. We all got uh, things we got to work yeah, on. Yeah, we uh, all do. But it, it goes to show you that the viciousness of the show was basically. Well, you want to fuck my ex? Well, you're this. Well, yeah. I'm going to fuck your ex. You know. Yeah. It's like only. That's great. Yeah, only in that show where you could have that kind of like conversation and interaction, and it everyone's okay with it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I battled two girlfriends that they both broke up with me 
<laughs> a couple weeks later. So the trouble is when you leave the room, it doesn't necessarily go. Absolutely. And I uh, <laughs> thought uh, with uh, you know the why would you do it the second time after what happened the first time, Earl? Well, I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's a great show to be a part of. I thought, oh, here's you know, we we talked about pro wrestling at the beginning. I thought it'd be like almost a kind of a pro wrestling, like, hey, it's a couple. Yeah. You know, there's been a few battles where exes have gone at each other. I'm yeah. Like, well, outside of me and my first girlfriend, who's awesome, mm -hmm. uh, there haven't been a lot of couples who've done it. Right. So I thought this is a great angle. Yeah. And uh, everyone told me, Earl, don't do it again. You know what happened with the first time. Yeah. Like, no, no, we're cool. We discussed everything. Uh, I mean, we didn't tell each other the jokes, but, you know, we basically you said... You know each other's shit. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no uh, stone that will be left unturned. And uh, as soon as the battle was over, uh, it, it just you could tell that something had changed. Changed, yeah. so... But uh, never say never. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think I will do another battle ever with a girl I'm dating. <laughs> I'm in semi-retirement, but, uh, you know. Except for, like, hater stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I, I only do the pay-per-views when it comes to roasting. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a real special event to get daddy... Yeah, well, you're you're still number two in the rankings, right? Number two in the rankings, and I think uh, you know last night was a legendary battle between Alex Hooper, the champ, and Pat yeah. Barker, who's like amazing. Yeah, and uh, Hooper won a narrow decision, so I think in a few months I will be battling Alex Hooper. Oh, but he, he wants to take a while off. Yeah, and it's tough. It, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, that is my next battle. I get a lot of challenges. So much goes in. A lot of challenges I get. But if you got a double-digit number by your name in the rankings, don't bother me. Yeah. I might have the greatest fight card of all time in that show. <laughs> so you people out there listening to me and Samir talk right now, you want to know what it takes to battle daddy? Let me tell you this. Here's what it takes. These are my last opponents. Jesse Joyce, Comedy Central's number one roast writer. Tom Ballard. Jimmy Carr, Sarah Tiana, and losing to Sarah Tiana is better than any of your wins. <laughs> K. Trevor Wilson, the legend of Canada, Keith Carey, Olivia Grace, Joe Dosh. So when you have a fight card like that, then you can call me or text me or email me at eastskakel at aol.com. <laughs> Sorry about that. I got a little hyped up. <laughs> no, it's great. It wasn't as good as your revenge speech. Oh, that's coming. <laughs> because, like I said, Samir, I'm very vindictive. <laughs> and one of the great things about having a little bit of money in the bank, and because I don't do cocaine every night, <laughs> drinking at dive bars, I've got money to pay people for information. <laughs> so let's just say this. My cocaine-fueled friend. <laughs> uh, there's things out there called private investigators <laughs> who, for a nominal fee, <laughs> will give you information. <laughs> so I know what 7-Eleven you go to. I know where you live. <laughs> I know what other dive bars you go to to snort cocaine in. <laughs> so let's just say this. 
we will be seeing each other down the road. <laughs> so I hope it was worth it. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> uh, what is next for Samir in the world of stand-up comedy? Oh, God. Or I in general. I should have a plan, shouldn't I? I sh I, 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 I'm just doing it. I, sh I should have a plan. I don't have a no, plan. No, but do you have any big shows you I want have to plug? I have to get a plan. This will be oh, out tomorrow. I mean, This will be out tomorrow. Uh, no, nothing I want to plug now. Um, God, I have to get more bookings. That's another thing. That's, tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Oh, God. I don't know what my plan is. The plan right now is to get my own place. Where do you live now? Because I'm still, I'm still at the folks. Listen, if my po if my pokes if my folks were alive, I'd still be living with them. Yeah. So, you know, nothing beats that <laughs> sweet pad in Bel Air that I miss a lot. <laughs> uh, the girls I used to bring, hey, this is my parents' house. Suck it. <laughs> this ain't gonna take itself out, honey. <laughs> um, no, I got I, I I have to get out of there though, mainly because it's so far from everything. Because you're uh, where now in Calabasas? In Chatsworth now. Uh, well, it, it, you know, that's the thing. And you have a, you know, you obviously have a car. You came here, but it's, you have to have a car in LA. Oh, yeah. No, it's impossible. It's, yeah, it's not like, you know, six spots a night in New York. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I was uh, recently in New York a few months ago, uh, lucky enough to judge their roast battle they had. Yeah. And uh, it was amazing. The few days I was there, people were like, hey, do you want to go up tonight? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, you can go here and then you can walk to, uh, uh, you know, you can go to the stand first. That's yeah. the best. And then you could walk to New York comedy club and then you can go to Caroline's and get your guest spot. And then there's this bar that has, and it's like literally there were like four or five options that you could get paid for Jeez. and you could walk to them all. And I'm just not used to that. Like I'm looking for a spot to go up tonight because the comedy store is closed for a private gig. Yeah. And uh, I think, oh, I can go to the Liquid Zoo in Van Nuys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that may be where I end up later today. No, but, I, you know, I uh, used to run that room with my ex. And, uh, you, know, um, you know, it was a good room at one point. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Ron Swallow runs it now. Yeah, so, uh, I think he's on Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know if it's still good or, you know, uh, what it it's is. A, it's, it's good because it's tough. So you know that if something works there, it works. Absolutely. Like, and that's the value of uh, doing shitty rooms is that when you get a good gig, it's easy. Yeah. Uh, or it's like, uh, no gig is easy. It's still like... Uh, Easier. Right. Yeah. Because it's like you've experienced the worst of yeah. the worst. And now you're in a packed room or, you know, a coffee shop that's pumping. Yeah. So You have more confidence going in. Right. Well, dude. I do all the the... You know, because you, yeah, you were talking about the the pro wrestling thing. Right. I take, I don't have one person, but but I do take things. You know, I take I take the Liza entrance. Like anyone that's seen me seen me at battle when I kind of I flounce on exactly the way she did, and I do the you know she, Liza always she gets very overcome. She is a, a very you know when people applaud. She's and you know back when she had motor skills, she was like bouncing around. But uh, you know she does. I, I do the same thing. You know I blow the kisses and and it does. You know when people applaud that much, it is very overwhelming. So I do. I have all those Liza moves when I walk on now, and um, I 
And yeah, Liza does the whole, t- oh, f- fucking everybody is Liza's best friend. Have you ever seen Liza talk? This is my, be- I just love you so much. You're my best friend in the whole wide world. Every fucking lunatic she runs into on the street is her best friend in the whole wide world. Right. So I have the Liza entrance. I stand like uh, Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. Oh, so, oh. I have. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> Loved her in The Wrestler. Thank you, Mickey Rourke. I'll see you at the gym in a few, at about an hour. <laughs> Which is, yeah. See him there every day. So I don't want to say the gym, but like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, out where he works out. But he's got the, he's got, he fixed, you know, the, he replaced the bad plastic surgery with less worse plastic surgery. So it's good. Um, I don't know. You're a man of the celebrity uh, knowledge. I can't recall one plastic surgery that's ever helped a person like jane fonda but uh, jane fonda looks jane fonda is in her late 70s look at that bitch oh she's hot uh jenna jameson like yeah i like jenna jameson and i think she listens to this podcast from what i understand oh jenna Uh, you're i know neil strauss wrote it but your memoir is one of my favorite memoirs i've ever read it's how to make love like a porn star yeah She's got, she has like this whole long description about how to smoke meth out of a light bulb. And then a few pages later, it's how much she wants to be a mother. It's a great book. I love Jenna Jameson. Uh, I'm, I don't watch a lot of porn. <laughs> I know it looks like I produce it. But, uh, I, I just, porn's not my thing. I just, I, I don't, uh, it's the close-ups of a yeah. woman's vagina after like being jackhammered by Lexington Steel, <laughs> uh, who makes my dick look like a Chinaman's. Uh, <laughs> you know, I but I just... To look up Lexington Steel now. Uh, well, let's just say this. His Twitter handle is Lex11. Oh. So uh, I think that's uh, apt. And, and the legendary Jack Napier. And he can't even lie. A lot of people on Grindr have usernames like that, but they can lie. Right. Yeah. Well, that's... Well, listen, on Plenty of Fish... Uh, there's a lot of fucking false advertising, <laughs> uh, you know, because they how it works on plenty of fish is you have your uh, headshot basically, yeah, and your body type description, and like with mine, Grinder has that too. Oh, okay, yeah, but like I'm honest, like with mine, I say I'm lean and athletic. Mm-hmm. I'm not overly muscular or whatever. Yeah, uh, and most of these girls I met on Plenty of Fish. They would say they're uh, a few extra pounds, which is okay. Yeah. And then I would meet them, and it's like, okay, what was the comparison? To? <laughs> Define f- few. Yeah. Uh, are we talking to NFL linemen? <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, just be honest with people. Yeah. Now, let's end this. Okay. Uh, on a, uh, you know, we, we've run the gamut here. Roast battle. Uh, stand-up comedy, uh, homosexuality, uh, outing uh, 80s metal rock stars. <laughs> showgirls. Uh, showgirls. The uh, great showgirls. I, I just, Paula Abdul in my <laughs> show. What about Janet Jackson? We're not going to pay her salary. <laughs> well, we do what we do in Vegas. We gamble. I mean, it was like right out of Goon Town. This, like they were all speaking like William Shatner in this movie. Uh, but. There are still some of those people at Vegas, though. Oh, yeah. I, still, mean, I went out drinking there Friday night. Because there's a uh, good stand-up scene in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I know that and I, none of these shows will book me, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not plugging them out of uh, respect, but, you know, I know there's the Dirty at 1230, mm. which is a great show from what I understand. And then there's like, uh, 
couple bars that do uh stand and there's quite a uh, gay underbelly uh, scene in vegas i did i wasn't there long enough to really get into that were you there for comedy no i was there for thanksgiving <laughs> oh okay uh, i was I, I was out the night castro died so i wound up with a bunch of celebrating cubans getting right. <laughs> taken from bar to bar that was the weirdest thing. Like you had two schools of like people celebrating because they thought he was a scummy dictator, mm. and then you had people sad because they loved him. Yeah, it was. Very, I started trolling world leaders on Twitter, right? Because they kept putting up these like messages of like India. He was uh, uh, Fidel Castro was one of Modi wrote. Fidel Castro was one of the most iconic leaders of the twentieth century. Right. India has lost a great friend. So I wrote Idi Amin was one of the most inventive chefs of the twentieth century. India has lost a great friend. These idiots. The Elise, the, where the French president lives, had this whole thing about how, again, how he was the hopes and the dis the disappointments. Right. Yeah, that was a disappointment. Yeah, the Bataan Death March, a disappointment. I'm obsessed with Idi Amin. Uh, he was, did you ever see Last King of Scotland? Well, no, because uh, there was a movie, uh, God, it was came out in the mid-early 80s that was... Uh, I don't think anyone famous was in it, but the guy who played Edie Amin looked just like him. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for us, Whitaker, please. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kamala, the Ugandan giant, would have been a better choice. <laughs> would have had to uh, Photoshop his legs. Is that the is that the the, the fat guy you keep putting on Twitter? Yeah, I'm obsessed <laughs> with uh, Kamala. The he's actually his book is right there. Oh. Because it's Kamala Speaks. We it, it's a great book. If you like pro wrestling, go to KamalaSpeaks.com. I don't get anything from doing this. Uh, Kamala needs the money to you know help his uh, medical bills, uh, and he'll autograph the book to you. Um, What's a good book to read if you don't know anything about pro wrestling, and this will like teach a beginner? Well, uh, there's so many good books about, uh, you know, unfortunately, most of these books are sad because most of these guys die. Right. Um, if you Google just pro wrestlers, uh, uh, I don't know, pro wrestler deaths, <laughs> literally there's 70, 80, close to 100 names of famous guys mm. who have died. Rick Rude, uh, you know, the ultimate warrior. Um you know, uh, one of the road warriors, uh, and all these guys were like, uh, Rick rude was like 44. Jeez. Um, was it, was it drugs or was it just the, the physical strain of doing this? It's both. Chris Benoit killed his whole fucking family. Jesus. Uh, well, that was crazy because the night, uh, the weekend, you know, he did Broadway had nobody like this. Well, they do though. Like, you know, choreographers who just, you know, well, but not, not who, not who killed their whole family. Right. Well, yeah, they, Chris Benoit was the real. Dude. Yeah. No, I mean, Broadway has people who die of all kinds of crazy shit all the time, but yeah. But like, I get sad because a lot of the actors I like, a lot of the character actors, uh, in the eighties who they died of AIDS, uh, you know, like you, well, you've never seen Scarface, but no, there's a great villain in there. Uh, Alexander Sosa, uh, and his real name uh, is Paul Shinar. Yeah. And uh, I guess he was gay, and uh, he probably had uh, at least HIV when he was filming Scarface. Mm. And uh, he died, I think, in 88, just of AIDS. You know, uh, same thing with the main terrorist from uh, Die Hard. Not, yeah. uh, not, not, not Alan Hans von Rickman, Gruber, but... Alan Rickman, but the blonde. He was a ballet dancer. Yeah. Uh, his name is... Uh, it uh, escapes me, too. He had some Russian name, Not right? Not Uh No, Baryshnikov was straight. Right. Baryshnikov uh, was fucking Liza. Right. Well, Good old Liza. To have 
this is what Coke does. Liza, at the end of the 70s, was having concurrent affairs with Baryshnikov, Martin Scorsese, and Burt Reynolds. Cocaine could make Liza Minnelli a catch. There is, there is no limit to the power of cocaine. Thank you, David Guest. <laughs> was, was he gay? That was the rumor. They also he he also claimed like that she beat him up in the divorce, which we've seen Liza dance around that time. She could not aim. All right, I'm getting. Uh, let me see. I'm sorry, Alexander Gudnov was yeah. the uh, terrorist from. Uh, oh, okay, but I mean, there's a guy who. Uh, let me. I just want to make sure. Uh, well, it was. I know we're not supposed to call it the gay plague, but it really was like like a plague. It just wiped out. A whole generation of gay men. Well, they don't say what he died of, but uh, on IMDb, they say died May 13th, 1995, age 45, in West Hollywood. So uh, I think Stevie Wonder could read that. uh, (laughs) They always have some, because you don't don't die of the AIDS. It weakens your immune system so much that you, like, get pneumonia, and that kills you. Right. Well, I get sad because, like... I was watching this Richard Pryor movie, Bustin' Loose. Yeah. And it came out in 1981. And it's really, it's a fun movie. He's a criminal. He takes care of these uh, mentally challenged kids. And he's their mentor. And uh, there's this, uh, the protagonist in the film was this, his parole officer who was kind of the dick of the, the bad guy of the movie. Yeah. And he was a great actor. He died of AIDS. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you, so many, uh, the Predator. Kevin Peter Hall. Uh, did you ever see the movie Predator? No. Oh, it's, well, it's an action movie. But yeah. Now he died. From I a- have a friend who makes me watch these, and I, in return, make him watch fag movies. Well, you would and like we do Predator. theme nights. Okay. So he did, like, he showed me, we, oh, we had like a World War II night, and he showed me Patton, and right. I showed him Cabaret. <laughs> well, it was great. One night, you guys should, we'll do uh, the P movie night. You watch Predator and then make him watch Philadelphia. Oh, oh, he's seen Philadelphia. Well, who hasn't? <laughs> I, I have to come it. up with another P. I already made him watch Postcards from the Edge, which was uh, Meryl Streep and, and Shirley MacLaine as her mother. <laughs> and it was written by Carrie Fisher. Oh, watch out. And it was based on her book, which was based on herself and her mother, Debbie Reynolds. Right. Oh, legendary Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Well, I want you to watch Predator because it's kind of a homoerotic movie. It's it basically... Uh, I want you to watch Postcards from the Edge. I would. Because Meryl Streep never looked as good. Oh, I love Meryl Streep. She's... Uh, what's that movie she did with the... 1990. Uh, wow, that's prime Meryl Streep yeah. there. But, uh, well, watch Predator. Predator. Uh, because... Predator uh, and Cruisin' I have to watch. Cruisin' is... Uh, I it's a, I can't watch that movie in the dark because it's it's scary. It's Shit. Just, it's Al Pacino. Oh, see, I, I will watch it in the dark because I do that. I play like... If I'm driving home alone on a dark street, right. I play the Silence of the Lamb soundtrack. I like all that shit. Well, my bucket list guest, other than Gene Simmons, which is, you know, I think going to happen, is I want to have Ted Levine on this show. Oh, Ted Levine is the actor who played Buffalo Bill. Yeah. But I think where I'm going to lose him is I want him to do the whole podcast. (laughs) Has Buffalo Bill. (laughs) 
Now he's a very serious actor. Are you gonna make him dress in a skin? Oh no 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 no! He just right dress in regular clothes, but just I think it would be a parody podcast and be like, hey, we've got today from B- Buffalo, we've got Bill. <laughs> hey, Bill, what have you been up to the last couple of years? Oh, yeah, she a great big fat person. <laughs> I don't think he would do it. But. What am I going to do? Now, Samir, where can people find you? You're not on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. I am on Twitter at my surname, S-U-R-I underscore my first name, S-A-M-E-E-R. And same on Facebook? Uh, yeah, Facebook is, yeah, I'm just under my name. Do you add people on Facebook or is that personal? Like My Facebook is mostly personal, but if I know you and we don't, we're not on Facebook yet, hit me up. Yeah, and uh, follow Samira. Uh, go on Twitter. You post your shows there if you have a good one coming up. Or I do, yeah. And he's just a good dude. Uh, you know, I'm trying to enlighten some of you homophobic listeners. <laughs> you know, gays are people too. And some of us voted for Trumpola. Yeah, so I mean, you've got some of us. I am. I am the emissary. You've got. I can talk to all everybody. You've got a gay Republican. <laughs> I, thank you, Matt Drudge. Uh, uh, you think Drudge is a fag? You know, I he does he does like his hats. Well, he he's always got these weird art. I don't care <laughs> if he is gay or not. I really don't care. Uh, I love him. He was one of my uh, comedy mentors, and most people would like you know. A lot of people, their stand up, uh, I guess, uh, idols are like stand ups. Yeah. Um, my stand-up idols were like Matt Drudge. <laughs> he did a radio show on Sunday nights from 7 to 10. Uh, and I think he stopped doing it around 2007. Uh, but I just loved how he would talk to the phone calls. Yeah. You know, uh, he just had this real catty kind of, uh, you know, it's like this one guy called him up. He was obviously really drunk. He thought yeah. uh, Al-Qaeda had shot the space shuttle out with the, <laughs> <laughs> with a laser beam and matt was like okay thank you sir i'll have what you're having uh, <laughs> put a little extra in the red bull and uh it just he was very catty and uh drudge is part of that whole like group that is of pundits that are famous because of monica Lewinsky's cum stained dress well he was the guy who he broke the story and ann coulter and oh. mark stein <laughs> mark stein there we go is he gay no, I don't think, but oh. he did, he did, I, you know, we don't know. He, did, he does, he does know an awful lot about Broadway and he did used to be a theater critic. So we can hope. Well, I would love it when Drudge would have, God, I'm Howard Fink or Howard. Fink, I think it is Fink. How he would, Drudge would have him on and be like, hey, Howard, where, well, I'm at the premiere Drudge of, uh, you know, Les Mis. And they would <laughs> like, they just, they weren't doing jokes, but I, I was like, this is how I want to do comedy. Kind yeah. of these subtle zingers. Mm. And uh, I have a lot of his shows on tape that every now and then I will listen to. Cause he's Can just, you send me some of those? I don't know how to... The files are so big because it's basically an MP3 uh, of a three-hour show. Yeah. If you go on YouTube... Are they up there? And just uh, put in Matt Drudge, uh, like 10-minute clips. Yeah. Uh, and they're so funny. Like, if, if you get subtle humor... Uh, I don't know if he's gay or not, but I'm assuming he is because they would uh, talk about like he's Broadway. never settled down. Yeah, I love him. So he's uh, not, he. Uh, you see, you had that. I had the non comics that I idolized as what I want to do were the character of Patsy Stone and Abfab, right? Who was the tall with the the huge 
uh, beehive hairdo with a chignon, whatever you call that. And she was the one, you know, you little bitch troll from hell. Right. Uh, that whole thing. And and then the young Liza, who was like not not the humor, but that personality of just walks onto the stage and you can't look at anything else in the room. Right. And it's like a tornado struck. Yeah. And you could translate that into comedy. Yeah. Like, you know, probably my biggest comedy influence was uh, Carol O'Connor's Archie Bunker. Yeah. Just saying some horrible, horrible (laughs) things, but in such a buffoonish way that, you know, Archie Bunker was a horrible racist, but if you watch that show, he's really making fun of white people. Right. It wasn't about, hey, black people are this. It was right. like, white people are ignorant. Yeah. So uh, That's why Patsy Stone was, su- was such a venal vein. You know, you can't come in. You're too fat. It was that, that whole thing, but it was about how that destroyed her. Right. So, guys, you don't have to listen to stand-ups to be influenced. You can listen to Matt Drudge. Ab fab, <laughs> all in the family, whatever. Just get out there and do stand up, guys. You're only gonna, you're not gonna get better at Flappers University. <laughs> so, or taking a class on how to deal with a fucking heckler. You <laughs> f- fucking idiots. This has been Inappropriate Earl with the great Samir Suri. Thank you for having me, darling. You will be back, darling. Back for more, as Rat would say. And also breaking news, in addition to the guy who invented the Big Mac dine, uh, the three surviving members of my favorite band ever, Rat, have won their lawsuit against drummer Bobby Blotzer, and they can now tour as Rat. Stephen Piercy, the sponsor of Inappropriate Earl, with the mic knuckles he provides me, which I don't have on right now because I left them in my car. (laughs) will come on and discuss when he can legally. So thank you, Stephen Piercy. Follow Stephen Piercy at S-T-E-P-H-E-N-P-E-A-R-C-Y on Twitter and buy some Mike Knuckles on Twitter at Mike Knuckles, M-I-C, the word Knuckles. They're cool if you're a comic, you want to bomb and look cool. (laughs) Or if you're a musician, cool. Inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. Now, I've had about a thousand downloads an episode, and I asked for you guys to leave a review on iTunes. And I haven't had a new review in like a couple weeks. It, just leave two fucking sentences <laughs> and don't overdo it. Don't say this is the greatest podcast of all time. Just say what you like. If you don't like it, say that too. Inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. We'll be back next week with. Uh, Jasmine Lee and Maddie Goldberg talking about his new book. Buy Maddie Goldberg's book, Brain Humor, you cheap fucks. (laughs) 